I ordered a new MacBook. Oh yeah, you ordered like two weeks ago. Uh huh. But it's not going to be here till like July, August. Wow. Like, cause like my computer is slowly dying, and I can hear it. Like the fan, <laughs> you can hear the fan. Like, yeah. Shh, shh, shh. yeah. Yeah. How old is your computer? The fan is always on. It's pretty old. Maybe three years old. Oh, okay, yeah. It's time to get a new one. Yeah. Like with the rate of technology, things I feel like in like, what, like six months are outdated. Mm. And it's like, oh, okay. That version, it's just so fast. You used to be able to go like five years, six years. Yeah, yeah. And now the that's, rate is That's changed. like a... There's like a mathematical law for that, right? How how technology how technology grows. Oh, I don't know that that law, but I believe you. I believe you. Yeah, it's like a that's it's something like the the speed of the processor doubles every two years, and and like something about the size too. And that's how they figure out that at the rate that we're going now, we're going to surpass, like, uh, like there's going to be one computer that's smarter than one, a computer is going to be smarter than one human. Mm-hmm. And then there's going to be a point when the computer is smarter than, like, all of human collectively. <laughs> wow. <laughs> at the rate that we're moving. That's terrifying and kind of cool at the same time. Yeah, but I, I just feel like, you know how people say, I I feel like Elon Musk has been saying that uh, self-driving cars are going to be on the road, like, for years now. Uh, mm-hmm. He's been saying that in a couple of years, like, but, you know, like, self-driving cars, people have been talking about for about a decade now, and you still don't see it in the street, right? Like, it's still, it's still far away. Yeah. And the reason why is because, I mean, there's a few reasons. But because a lot of these technology things, like once you dig, once you like roll up your sleeve and get your hands in there and start working with it, it turns out to be a lot more complex than you thought. And and the second thing is, so first thing is that doesn't matter what the technology is. Once you go into it, there's there's actually three three factors. One, that once you go into it, it's like holy shit, this is a lot more complex than I thought. And then two is um like the societal it has nothing to do with technology it has to do with adoption and how humans feel about mm-hmm. it right like if a self-driving car hit a six-year-old girl and killed a six-year-old girl because it made the decision to save three people in the car rather than save the six-year-old child that's walking on the street by avoiding let's say something right and the computer actually like logically made the right decision, right? Because it saved three humans mm-hmm. over one human. But are will humans be okay with that? Are humans okay with Tesla making that decision? Right. That's the second part. This is the, that's why, like, no matter how good the technology is, and even if we make it, will people accept it? That's the second part. And then what's, there was one more. Yeah, what's the third? I, I don't think that humans want to relinquish the control. I don't know that I feel. Yeah. That probably, that might fall into the to Oh, the you second, mean that, that that's I, not really a problem? 
No, I think no, no, no. I do think it's a problem, but it, like for me, the reason why I would not oh, as a driver, you mean <laughs> as a driver, like I don't trust this computer, right. and it, I think it ties right. into your second one. Like I don't trust this computer to right. as a pedestrian. I, I, as a driver, I guess it like, doesn't matter. As a pedestrian or as a driver. As a driver, yeah. Like, I don't know what your decisions are. You're not letting me know what your decisions are. I don't feel like a, I, I, I mean, I don't even trust Michael to drive, let alone like a computer. Um, I mean, that's completely logical, though. Like, I, I, just, I mean, the, I, you you fly in the airplane, you have zero control over. <laughs> I mean, like most planes are. Yeah, self, but I can't do it. I I can't fly an airplane. So I need to trust someone I know, that but is better. I know, but you're. I'm just saying that you're willing to give up control. It's not your. It's not the control that's the problem. Is what I'm saying. Oh, oh okay. you are willing to give up the control yes, for other things. Yes, for other things. Yeah. Because I think for you, I think you'll 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 easily accept it once once it comes out and it's been tested and it's been proven. I think yeah. you're the type of person that will accept it. Because I think there's going to be two camps, right? Just like abortion. Like, mm -hmm. there's going to be the people that are... Because it's actually safer. There's going to no, be less yeah, car sure. accident, less car accident-related death in, per year. But the difference is, in one scenario, there's a lot of car death caused by human decisions. So you have specific humans to blame. Drunk mm -hmm. drivers or whatever it is, right? On the other hand... You have much less death, but there's zero. Nobody held accountable. No, there's nobody's fault. There's nobody to blame, except the machine. <laughs> yeah, that's the only difference. <laughs> so yeah, people will. True. I think a lot of people will be completely okay with, like me. Okay, I don't need to find anyone to blame. If we can have less car-related accidents every year, yeah, let's go with that. And if, if my family happened to be the one who died from a car accident that's caused by a car, by an AI, then that's something I'm going to have to live with. You know what I mean? Because it, overall, it makes a logical choice. But there are going to be a lot of people who are going to be against that. A lot of religious people, most likely. <laughs> I like how you like snuck that in there. Because like religious oh, people always man. think like, are you playing God? Like with you know like, with the whole like, oh yeah, the human genome like sequencing and stuff like that. Like you know, like, I mean it's just a different skills, right? Like, I think they're just like a less extreme version of, for example, like a Amish per like Amish people who are so religious or whatever for whatever reason, they wouldn't even adopt adapt technology right yeah but yeah yeah you go a little bit you know less extreme like at the end of the day like there's a lot of christians that are not willing to adapt certain progressive things because they're still living the, that, so that's no different than what amish people are doing it's just not as extreme yeah <laughs> you know what i mean i see what you mean yeah i see what you mean <laughs> i know no i feel like there's Man, there's all they're gonna always find something bad. It's like if it doesn't suit them, I feel like it's just like a, if it doesn't fit yeah. in what they want to like. If, if I, 
I don't know, it's probably a bold thing to say, but I feel like if driving driverless cars, self-driving cars served some underlying uh, agenda, agenda, yeah, thank you, then it would they would be all in. But uh, I see what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like I, I technology think that's good, and stuff. I, I actually think um, because most, um, I guess, like world problems get solved, not by people trying to solve it, but as like a side effect of something else. Yeah. <laughs> okay? So exactly. As an unintended consequence. So that's why I think it's good that, okay, maybe... There's some underlying agenda or something like that that these guys are going for, but that helps us push through the uh, uh, automatic, like self-driving cars. Then so be it, like by all means necessary, right? Like, because here's what happened. I think in like the early 20s in Seattle or in Oregon, there was a, a problem with beavers going extinct. So all the humanitarian, all, all the like environmentalists were like, I mean, we got to save the beavers and, you know, did all of that shit. None of it worked, right? People still kept <laughs> hunting the beavers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because at that time, the beaver hats were really in popular. And <laughs> and then there was like a fashion trend that came along where beaver hats weren't popular anymore. It was more about like the silk hats and like these fancier hats, right? And this fashion trend made it so that there's no need to kill beavers anymore and then the beavers didn't go extinct but gotcha. it was a completely unintended consequences like the best yeah. way to fix world problems fix like non-profit like it's not through non-profit it's actually through capitalism capital like that is a perfect example of how capitalism fixed <laughs> an environmental problem yeah the yeah extinction. because people wanted this fashion right. you know what i mean and then they didn't anymore yeah, and, and they wanted this new fashion. New fashion so if you want to yeah. change, yeah, that's what I mean. If you want to be an animal rights activist, design a design a fashion brand that will <laughs> that will make leather <laughs> uncool. Uncool. There Do you go. know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, that, yeah. not by going protesting. That's not how you fix it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yes, but I have. I mean, you're right. You're right. These how. It, I mean, I think there are a lot of medical discover, like medicinal discoveries. Same thing, right? Same yeah. things have happened. They're trying to solve one problem, and then they inadvertently, uh, accidentally, act, yeah, they're able to solve. <laughs> or, or they else try to the make process. money doing yeah. this, and they accidentally cure this <laughs> or something like that. Right. I don't know if like the oxycotton. That probably not... not pharmaceutical companies, though. No, not pharmaceutical companies. <laughs> They're probably just I'm after like, the profits. <laughs> they were just after the profit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but sometimes, like being after the profit, is how you fix. Like, just think about it, right? Like, I know that everybody's against Facebook and Twitter right now, but just think about the amount of world change that Facebook and Twitter affected. Like. Mm-hmm. There's been like two overthrown governments, right? <laughs> like, and like around, like maybe not in the United States, but Facebook and Twitter was like an ex- uh, extremely important platform for some of these like countries that are like under like authority power 
to like revolt, right? They use that mm-hmm. as a tool. So it's, yeah. Oh, I forgot. Oh, yeah. That happened out of capitalism. That happened because Facebook was trying to make money oh and Twitter、God. was trying to make money. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. There's some good to They be... just want more users. <laughs> like, come on, more ads. They want you to buy more ads. I don't know. Does Twitter sell ads? They do, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.、Um, also, side note the Beaver story got me thinking about this. One of the things about you that like, has fascinated me since probably the first time we spoke is your ability to have these like, random ass factoids like, in your head.、Hmm. The fact that you knew about this beaver thing, <laughs> like, I'm like, what? How do you know that? But you, you probably know a lot of things like that that I don't know. But if you told me, I'm like, probably. Well, how, how you know that? well, you're very good at,、um, okay. You're very good at not just the knowing, but like then the application of it in, in real life.、Mm, yeah. And I think that's what that's... makes the storytelling and stuff. Like you're able to, to do that. That does not come naturally to people. Like they may know a, a, more facts than you do, but, but the, it's the application of the facts、yeah. and how. And I think it's still、used. practice. Yeah. It's just so you know, it's not something I'm, I was born with. <laughs> so do you. It's through do, practice. You, is it, Is it a cognizant? Like, is it a. Yeah, I'm very aware of it. You are. Okay.、Yeah. Like,、um, what ends up happening is I think most people watch a documentary or read a book or read a news or something like that. And it's just information and that's it. And it just sits there and that's it, right?、Mm-hmm. But what I started doing is in the beginning, I went out of my way to try to connect the dots. And this. <laughs> I don't, what my, I don't know what Michael's going to think about this, but this is when I was heavily smoking weed. He's <laughs> like, <laughs> whatever, man. Because what happens is when you smoke weed at night, this, like I, would, I only smoke weed at night, it, help, it helps you recount all, all of the things that happened that day. Like、mm. almost to a fault. Where, oh, fuck, I shouldn't have said that, that to, to this person. Like, and I, I, I would like, worry about that for like, an hour. Or, like, oh, when he said that, I should have c a m e back with this. <laughs> and, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You're、so、kind of、like、over- replaying、mm-hmm. the day. And just reliving、okay. it, right? And usually at that point, when I, that's when I like, almost like, because I'm just sitting there doing nothing but thinking for two hours, three hours, I'm just connecting those dots, right? But then after a while, it just becomes natural where I, I will watch a documentary. And when I see that fact coming up, like as soon as I hear it, it automatically connects to all the other knowledge I had. Like,、mm-hmm. So as soon as I hear it, it's like,、ah, that's probably why this happens. <laughs> Do you understand what I mean?、Mm, yeah. So before it was more of a path, it was like input, 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 input. And then I go home, I smoke weed. And then, My thoughts were like kind of mixed. <laughs> But after doing that for a while, it got to a point where it, it happens live. As information c o m e in, it just does it live. And <laughs> do you know yeah. What I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? That, that's why you're, you're able to retain it. Is because yeah, yeah, you yeah. Are connecting it to something. Yeah, that's exactly why. I mean, that's when the light bulb goes off, right? And then that's when you actually learn something and you don't just ingest it and then. It's gone. 
Um, and that's why I think like the application of, of new material is so important, Mm -hmm. not just like listening to a lecture or like doing a workshop. You have to like actively be applying it at the same time. Makes me think about like the video editing that we were talking about. If you had just like told me that shit and I never like actually like did it and struggled with it and applied it and connected the dots, there's no way I would retain it. That's true. Right. Cause I could probably jump back into it. Just need like a little refresher and be able to do it. Uh-uh. Um, but if you had just told me the information, there's no way I would have retained uh-uh. it without connecting the dots. So I think that's, so do you important. also think that when you know, <laughs> when you know that you you're struggling with this and you know, you need to fix that. And then I give you the information. Like is yeah, no, you think, I think you're right because let's say before you were struggling with that, I give you the information. You're still actively listening. The, and the other way, you're in both times, you're paying attention equally. It's not like in one, you're paying attention more than, the, more right. intensely listening than the other. But in one case, you, you'll retain the information, and in the other case, you won't. So, what is that? Like, because yeah. I'm like that too, right? Like, I'm, I think everyone's like that. Yeah, you need to struggle with it, right? You need to like. But I'm saying, let's say. Because I don't think there's, like, if you gave me the answer. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you, I think. You don't want it bad enough. (laughs) No, no, no. Like, if you just gave me the answer and you said, hey, this is just how you do it. And I had not struggled with it. But first, before you gave me the answer. Then I think my ability to retain it. I wouldn't have Mm -hmm. actually learned. Because I didn't it's it's the care. It's I think when you know you struggle with it and you need a solution for that problem, then you have a motive. You you have a more reason to care for this answer. But let's say you, I was never even trying to do that, and somebody tells you this information, it's like okay, I don't yeah. care. <laughs> like I'm not editing video. <laughs> that doesn't pertain. Well, it doesn't apply, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't apply, but like. You have to be intentional, I think. So like the beaver example that where you're intentional about connecting the dots, there is intentionality required when you get that information, whether you care, you don't care, you're struggling with it or not. Like you have to connect the dots. Um, Yeah. What's the intention? Like why, why do you, why do I want that information? Right. Right. It's like I could have read every parenting book on the planet. Okay. I've learned this. Like, like before I, no, parenting? Shit, before uh, I was actually a parent, mm-hmm. right? I'm pregnant, haven't had a baby. It's fucking useless. <laughs> Everything was useless until I was in the moment struggling with whatever it was, sleep, uh, feeding, parenting a toddler right now. Like, And what is so useful right now is like seeing and why I like Instagram so much is like these experts are giving like um in real time information that i can go apply seconds after watching mm-hmm. their information because they've given me a scenario that i'm dealing with um but before did you even seek out that information before you no. would become yeah so that so that's that's probably the main thing is that yeah if we don't care about a certain information i think we just automatically block it out yeah. And we just automatically focus on the things that we care about. Because I have terrible memory. Yeah. Because 
You know what I mean? Like, I do too. So when you said, oh, how do you remember those things? I'm like, <laughs> I actually naturally have really bad memory. So it's because I, I, remember, I 100% remember the things I care about and 100% forget the things I don't care about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do too. I think that's why, like, I can remember something that, like, Michael said a year and a half ago and, like, remember the situation verbatim but maybe i don't recall at all what we talked about this morning Uh, like just depending on like what what it was yeah Uh. what it evoked like what (laughs) kind of emotion i wonder if like like well i wonder like what the like if the struggle is just like part of the learning process or if the fact that it um evokes emotion is why we remember it i mean i don't know yeah, but for emotion. me, like I definitely have a lot of emotion when I'm. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, because uh, I I don't know if you heard Tony Robbins talk about this, but he says like, you know, if I asked you what you were doing in the morning of September 11, two thousand and one, like you'll be able to remember exactly what you were doing when you when yeah. those plane first yes. plane hit the twin tower, right? But if I said, what were you doing on September tenth? of 2001 like you have no idea because one is tied to an emotion and the other one is not okay the emotion is i think what we remember that's why i think trauma like all of those things yeah yeah (laughs) pain body have you heard of that pain body eckhart tolle um is that like the concept about like your body's like holds on yeah your body remembers those traumatic emotional (laughs) pain yeah yeah and i believe that now that i um i really started getting into yoga i'm like oh yeah and therapy yeah okay this all makes sense i believe all Um, of those things like even though what eckhart tolle is saying he didn't explain anything like scientifically all the stuff that he explains makes sense to me because i feel like i've personally experienced it right and Mm-hmm. that's why I believe it it doesn't have to be he doesn't have to show me any some sort of scientific evidence for me to believe it but that's why I don't understand people who are like uh, um, like a, a lot of atheists that I talk to they say oh I don't believe in God oh, I don't I believe in like a higher power <laughs> but I don't believe in religion that's what they say right but they, they're the ones that like read Eckhart Tolle and all of that shit, right? I'm like, so, okay, so you Very believe in, stuff. Yeah. so you believe in Eckhart Tolle, but you, you, you believe in the power of now, but you don't believe in the Bible. Like, because they're both at the end of the same thing, right? The reason why you believe in power of now yeah. is because you resonate with it. You, you, at a core, you've experienced it, right? And it's the same thing with the Bible. You don't need scientific evidence. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's not, the right. Bible's not trying to yeah. tell you science. That's not, that's, <laughs> it's trying yeah, to tell you how exactly. to live. <laughs> right. So that that's the myth truth. Like for me, a lot of atheists says, I don't, I don't believe in the Bible or I don't believe in religion, but I believe in a higher power. I'm the type of atheist that will say, I actually don't believe in the higher power because I've never fucking seen it. But I do believe in the Bible because I've, I've seen it with my own eyes. Somebody wrote it. It wouldn't exist unless somebody wrote it. 
There, that, there's oh evidence right there. There's Show a- me an evidence of higher power. Oh my gosh. Hey. Here comes sun coming at you. A sunism. That's one of the sunisms, man. That's evidence right there. A lot See, of this. This, what, I this think- is when we need those little, like, those. Drop, we need to drop these sounds throughout the podcast. These little isms, these sun isms. A lot of it, uh, I think, were things that I was I was thinking about during that period in, in my life. Yeah, I, I, you know, like that's such a dangerous road to go down on, like just overthinking, because that route mm-hmm. can easily get you to a point where you know like those like goth teenagers like <laughs> where you just like become an anarchist and yeah. like nihilist and like fuck the world and life is meaningless like <laughs> yeah like a dark place man like like your mental health is like at is compromised and there are a lot of potheads that are like that and it's like people say like weed is not like dangerous but maybe it's not physically dangerous, but it's, mm. I think it's psychologically very damaging. <laughs> Just like any, I guess, you know, social yeah, media, alcohol, anything. television, anything. Anything, yeah. Anything yeah. can be exercise in my uh, experience. I was actually thinking about that. Like my, yeah, like, I definitely use it as um, as a numbing. Like I'm realizing like how I've used it to not just serve my health, right? Like I'm using it as a way to escape my brain. Um, so it's not really like overthinking. It's like finding a way to not be inside my brain for a second, <laughs> You know, because it's so physically demanding. So I'm just doing the bare minimum to survive my heart rate being 170 and trying to, like, breathe. Um, At the detriment, and it's become, the reason that I think it's a detriment is because, and my therapist believes that, and she's pointed it out, is just because I will exercise no matter what, right? whether I've slept enough, whether I've eaten enough, whether I'm hydrated, whether my body just feels beaten up, yeah. doesn't matter. Um, like I how, did, how did it that. get started like that? Hi. Because there's um, probably a point in your life where you weren't like that. I, like I've, I've always been a very anxious person. Was not an ex- exerciser until after... Um, grad school actually like um that's when I really got into it so maybe like six or seven eight years ago or so like um but I've always been very anxious and very stressed and so I think I would put all that energy into mind-numbingly chasing a career chasing an education right like I would put all that that would keep me very distracted Um, so I didn't have to really sit with myself, sit with my thoughts because I just would burn the candle at both ends. Like I, I would wake up, go 6am to the hospital that I worked at 
work until 6 p.m., do grad school until 9 o'clock at night. Were you happy, though? So I was just like a – I don't think I, – I didn't have time to just – you know, there wasn't – No, but looking back now. There wasn't a – no. There wasn't time to know. No. Like, because there is no way in hell I would go back there. Mm. Ever. If someone said you could you could go back, you could do I that. I mean, that no, doesn't matter. Like, no. a lot of people that went to war – says I'll never go back there, but it was the greatest time of my life. <laughs> so it doesn't, it doesn't okay, matter. No. <laughs> like, like when I say greatest no, time of my life, I don't I mean in, in the in that way. I, I mean in a way that yes, like of course being there sucks, but it it gave me a You're greater right. meaning in life or something like that. No, no, not this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. Um, I can see that now. I think at the time I thought I I was. So you weren't happy. But then I think you're, you're happier now. No, so I wasn't happy. You were back there. Yeah, that's uh, that doesn't yeah. seem right to me, because for me, like I'll never be as happy as the first year I started night owl. Even though that first year I started night owl. I was broke, living out of the office in debt, borrowing money from family, sleeping in the air mattress, taking a shower at the gym. Like, I would never be as happy as that. And the reason why is because the most hardest times of my life were some of the happiest moments of my life, looking back. Like that time when I went hiking, <laughs> like in 100-degree weather, and like... At, even though right. at that moment I was feeling like shit, like at the end of the day, it was like the it's when you're top of that mountain, right? It's like you know things like that. Yes, and I think I think I'm just now seeing that because of the work I'm having to do because there's just like some painful stuff, and I think. Up until this last year, I did not, um, I was, I just wasn't, I like, I didn't have the, because I was like living in a fog, I didn't have the capability of like experiencing joy or pain. Mm -hmm. And I, and what is it they talk about? Michael, you know, says this all the time. He's like the, the, the extent that you can, um, feel pain is the extent that you can feel joy. So it works both ways. And so I am just now Oh, I see what you mean. I see seeing what you mean. Okay. that. Um, okay, now, that's why I'm saying go back now in your mind. Go back to those times. Yeah. No. So why were you doing it? Those are not happy times. Because that's what you're supposed to do. That's what you're supposed to do, quote unquote. <laughs> Definitely air quotes there, right? I like, mean, I can imagine... Being like that, because I had a nine to five job too, but I wasn't working my ass off. <laughs> I was just barely doing minimum. Like when I was doing yeah. what I was supposed to do, I just did the bare minimum. It wasn't until when I started doing what I want to do, I started going all out. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But I think I'm doing that now, right? But you As were going all out like... even when you were just doing stuff you didn't want to do. <laughs> That's just my natural, but that's my natural um, 
that's my natural state. Like, but are you doing it even for? Even if I had like validation, are you doing it because out of the achievement? Like, oh, look what all the things I achieved. Look, are you? So yeah. that's what's forcing you to do it. Um, the things that you don't want to do. Right, yeah, I'm very achievement okay. focused. So like my Enneagram three. Right. So that's all about the, I mean, that is literally known as the achiever. All right. <laughs> um, yeah. That's what it's called is the achiever. Um, so you like certificates. So I can't do something. You, you like uh, trophies. Halfway. Right. I mean, <laughs> like yoga, right? Like I get a, my, I get to step oh my, my toe in yoga and now I've got to go all the way. Um, I step my toe in um personal branding mm -hmm. and now i've got to go all the way with michael brody weight like i've got to know how infusion soft i've got to know how the website works i've got to know how to edit video like there's no I, orange theory fitness i was just a, a member and then i end up within three or four years i'm now a coach mm -hmm. now i'm the head coach like i quit my day job to go do it Right. Um, so I just have to go all the way. And I think a lot of that is just driven by, I think that achievement drive, and this may sound weird, is actually driven by the fact that I don't want to, I did not want to feel things. I didn't want to feel emotions. I didn't know how to process emotions. I was not raised in a home that knew how to process happy motions or sad it's just the environment there were no emotions yeah yeah and it was like you just nothing is a big deal and if it is a big deal then there's something wrong with you if you're happy and you're really excited about something there's something wrong with you if you're sad and you can't get over it there's something wrong if you're angry and want to have an outburst that's wrong. Um, so I think this achievement drive came out of that. Um, and so I, everything I've done is like all in burn the candle at both ends, even like right now in, a, in many ways, like I get up at 3am so I can go work out and then be mom all day. It's, um, <laughs> you, your life is a lot like how, um, like how Koreans are. Oh, really? Cause, um, in what way? Cause a lot of Americans are not like you. They don't feel this, uh, need to, for achievements and, you know, things like that. And they're more about like enjoying life and. You know, <laughs> things like that. Whereas in Korea, it, it is everything is about achievements, right? Like the reason why high school students study 20, 20 hours a day just so they can get into college is because if you go, if you don't get into college, that's like a disgrace to your family. So they are constantly feeling that pressure at a young age. And you know. so you don't think that people feel pressure to achieve as much in America? There's, there's, I think there's like one person because America, everything is, it's more free, right? 
So there, because of that, there's 1% of people that are way more driven than people in Korea. Like, because I think you, you can't get the kind of, like how Michael Jordan is, right? Or like how Elon Musk, you yeah. can't get that kind of drive by force. That's, a, that's something that's innate, that they're doing it out of desire, yeah. their, their own desire, right? Nobody can like force you to be that. <laughs> you know? No, that's true. But because I like that's true. But what happens is in that environment, ninety nine percent of people are going to become more lazy. But that one percent of the people are going to change the world. In Korea, it's less like that, where you don't have that cream of the crop on top because everybody's just doing something they don't want to do. Everybody's a doctor, lawyer, well, whatever that they don't want to do. Nobody's going after their dreams, right? So we don't get that top 1% yeah. in the, like, nobody will invent the iPhone. Once Steve Jobs invents the iPhone, Samsung will do a great job at copying it and making it cheaper and faster. <laughs> and that's where yeah. this, that's this forced discipline comes in, right? Like if you want, if you want to produce something at mass scale at cheaper and faster, <laughs> you do that by force. <laughs> you know what I mean? But if you want to innovate and invent something mm -hmm. like an iPhone where when everybody was looking at a phone like this, for you to be like, oh, actually, no, that doesn't have to be a phone. It can be a black box with an a API on it where developers all around the world can turn this box into whatever they want, a camera, a video game, whatever they want, right? To, to have that kind of innovative thinking, is that can never come from force. Yeah. No, you're right. It's just an innate, I do think it is like an innate thing that has to be cultivated in the right environment. You mean the innovation part? It's, 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 yeah. I know exactly what it is. It's freedom. It's, it's the what? freedom. That's why, like, to do it. A lot of people bash yeah. the US right now, but <laughs> that's, that's really stupid <laughs> because. The way it works is no, I know. The, I know. the beauty of America, because, you know, like the United States was the big experiment, right? Like 300 years ago, people came here and they say, what if we created a country where everything was just free? What would happen? And 300 later, it became the greatest country in the world. Now, the reason why is because it partially is what I just said, right? Like. When you're in a country where you're free to innovate, free to do whatever you want, that's when you're going to get that 1% of the people that are innovating like crazy, right? And then, um, but partially, it's because when you have a country like this, it attracts the best of the best from the rest of the world into this country. So, you know, I think like something like 50 or 60% of uh, grad students in the U.S. are foreign born. <laughs> so... So what happens is U.S. attracts the best of the best to come here to innovate. And once the innovation is done, it exports it back out to the world for the world to enjoy. Like eight out of the 10 most watched shows around the world are American shows like Sex in the City, you know, like shows like, you know, Game of Thrones, things like that. Right. And that's because there, there is no other countries in the world that can do that because all the innovative writers, talent, all those people are all here. 
Because why? Their country won't let them do that. <laughs> so that's why they came here. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, like, so you can blame the U.S. Yeah. all you want of how bad we are. But without this country, none of this would exist. No iPhones would exist. You know, like, no, like, no, there's no space travel. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, all of these innovations happen here, right here. And this other country just made it a little better. <laughs> yeah. Another another rant, yeah, ranting move. We are we take that, <laughs> but I mean we take it for granted. Yeah. All these entitled Americans, like you know, like a lot of Americans that are born here and that are like grew grew up in this entitled you know world that are complaining about how bad U.S. is now. Like, like yeah, U.S. is so bad that I fucking left my own country, gave up my own citizenship to become a U.S. citizen. That's what. That's how bad U.S. is. Okay. <laughs> how hey, how long did you live in Korea? When, when did you like move 11. here? When you were eleven. Okay. Are your parents no, they're here? No, they in Korea. And my sister's in Korea. I'm the only one they're here, right? Korea. So obviously, okay. like, they made the choice to go back. And I made the choice they to went, stay here. They went back. Okay. I... But you li they lived in mm, California yeah, yeah. until you yeah. guys were grown. Okay. Yeah, I didn't grow up alone. <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't I know. But I didn't know that your sister went back to. She just went back this year. So she teaches because, there. Uh, okay. She was teaching at a, a university in Chicago. But she just left that job. Uh -huh. And now she wants to do her own thing. Okay. So why did you want to stay? Yeah. Because I got, for me, it was like no brainer. Yeah. What? I mean, come on. Go up to any of those people who are complaining about how bad the U.S. is and say, okay, then <laughs> leave. <laughs> like nobody will actually leave. Like those are all just talk, right? Like every election cycle, every four years, I hear people saying, oh, if so-and-so wins, I'm going to leave this country. Nobody ever leaves because that's how great this fucking country is. <laughs> like put your, put your mouth where your money is, right? Like the way to really prove that this country sucks is by leaving. <laughs> Nobody wants to do that. I don't want to leave. Fucking entitled. No. <laughs> Can't, okay, so that also needs to be a sunism. <laughs> we'll just play that. Do that during your during one of your Instagram lives. Like, it's, get a it's kind of like the whole Google thing. People who are born into Google wouldn't know the value of yeah. it. Like, put, people who are born in this country no. don't know the value of this country. You have to have lived in another country to understand the value of this country. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I definitely, I like, I know it's valuable, you but I don't, granted. since I'm nothing. Yeah. 100% take it for granted because I don't know. I mean, I've traveled and I've seen some of it, obviously not, but not fully immersed in like how, um, like truly yeah. lucky we are to live here. Um, and it's also one thing to travel and another thing to live there. It's one thing to visit Seoul. Right. It's a completely different thing to live there. Right. And when you live there, you yeah. realize how 
how great we have it here. <laughs> my um my brother lived there for like a year or two. He was deported oh, really? there. In Seoul um, or somewhere? Yeah. Okay. In Seoul. Like he lived yeah. Um and then he would work the border. The the like the really North Korea. <laughs> like the DMZ. So, yeah. Like he would be near the border. Yes, DMZ. That's it. Some hardcore shit. Um <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But they yeah. <laughs> From what he has said, it was uh It's like the one yeah, not it's the like the base that experience. nobody wants to go to. <laughs> yeah. And he did he would like be there when he would have to work the DMZ, like I guess they would go there for like an extended period of time and like camp. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was just like, Man, that you just knew at any second, like you're just constantly Alert. like in this tension situation where it's like li- there is literally a line that we are <laughs> hanging out on and staring each other down. Um, but anyway, yeah, he he lived there. That's what he would always say, like, just man, like you just don't understand how lucky we have it when he lived in Seoul. Um because he was there for so long. So he's back now. And obviously he served in the military. Uh, so he's very much like someone who will tell you how lucky you have it to live yeah, yeah, here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, yeah, yeah. He's back now. Um, he just left the service like six months ago. He's been out for the last six okay. months, but he, he went in when he was like 17. Oh, wow. And he is wait. So how long? How old is he? Thirty now. He's thirty. Oh shit! So he's like a career, like <laughs> army dude. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Career army dude. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. I still don't know. <coughs> I, I still don't know everything that happened to him, but I know it was a hard road to live on, and so I'm just like grateful that people like him do that for us like it's just another gratitude mm-hmm. thing right like like that doesn't it's not all free like there is a cost yeah to having what we have well it's not just that cost in terms is, of that it's there's a cost like a lot like we talked about a couple of weeks ago right like where a lot of a lot of american complains about foxconn while buying iPhones, right? So they don't understand the cost of that, right? right? Just like we don't understand the cost of freedom. We don't understand we don't understand the cost of a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That is very true. Like a lot of people, you know, um you know, a lot of people hate hunters because like a lot of animal rights activists hate hunters. But they should actually love hunters mm-hmm. because, like, hunters understand the true cost of hunting and true cost of, like, these. So, hunters never buy, like, food that are processed through, through the factory. They, they only eat meat. The only time, only kind of meat they'll eat is the ones they hunted. So, it actually makes it more sustainable because, you know, like, pe- hunters don't hunt, like, young animals right they they hunt the animals that are dying and you know 
they're they're actually more much more aware than most people that are like active animal activists. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean that's such a highly regulated like industry anyway. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Hunting, like yeah. I think they also contribute like the, the most. Like thing. I think I heard this from Joe Rogan, but they contribute the most to uh, environmental co- like environmental costs. <laughs> you would never believe that, right? Like, oh no, yeah. I do believe that because they're all yeah. into like wildlife, the yeah. environment. Like, um, it's like the whole Roosevelt thing. Like being part of that yeah. whole cycle because it is a cycle. Like, yeah, yeah, no, I totally believe that. Like, one of my good girlfriends, her husband's mm-hmm. an avid hunter, and he is very much into like protecting those areas. Like, yeah, they, they, I think, donate them. He has much more knowledgeable than yeah. I am. They donate the most money, I think, to the wild wildlife preservation. Preservation. Yeah. That makes sense. Meanwhile, it's like the to me, it's that like makes these sense. like fucking teenagers that are on the street that are like fighting global warming they think that they're the ones that are doing shit no you put your money where your mouth is like these hunters are actually <laughs> you know donating money <laughs> yeah it makes me think of, there's this girl on tiktok there's probably several of them that uh she goes around new york city it's somewhat related but she'll go to these stores that uh like we'll throw out their trash like CVS stuff like that and it's like all good usable stuff but they're just like throwing mm-hmm. it away on purpose um on purpose i guess probably like rules with the organization but she'll like go dumpster diving essentially and just go through the big bags of trash and like she'll pull things out and take them to somewhere that it can be used that's pretty cool um, it is. It's actually really cool to find what she, it. Okay, it's like breaks my heart like how much stuff that she finds, like food and um, things that are very usable that a lot of people would be so grateful to have, and they're just throwing it away. But it's really cool to see what she does with all of that stuff. And it's like antiquing, you know, gives like it, those donates it. Is it like those shows where people yeah. take like? old furniture and like fix it and make it nice and shit so she finds some stuff like that especially like apartments that have been cleaned out and like maybe you know the owner passed away or they've gotten evicted or something but these will be like you know pharmacies and like uh like cvs or or walgreens or whatever and they'll be throwing away just like usable things like packages of food that Mm -hmm. haven't gone bad or books and just all very used baby bottles i've never seen that package baby bottles can i find that (laughs) um i'd have to (laughs) it's i don't know i'll have to send you her tiktok um like i know that some restaurants here throw throw out their food at the end of every day yeah, but that's like that's like not like packaged food, right? Like this will be like bags and bags of uh, crackers and chips that are all like in packaging. That maybe it's like a day past the expiration. But I know plenty of homeless people or so do I'm they sure throw it out? Families at a are sp- struggling with specific grateful. spot or just in the garbage can. 
Yeah. Just right outside their stores. Like she'll be standing oh, right outside the stores that. and they'll be, you know, in New York yeah. when it, they'll like pile up all their trash. Yeah, well, like right? I guess trash. it's like trash pickup day. But yeah, well, they're in trash bags. Also, you, I wouldn't even know. Bags, if she it was opens her. the. You would, yeah, yeah, yeah. You wouldn't know, um, because she opens up the bags and she'll go through them. And like, there were pacifiers, like things that are all in packages. Well, did you hear about pacifiers, the Amazon baby bottles? Amazon destroys like tens of millions of dollars of merchandise like every week. <laughs> Have you heard of that? You should Google that like right after this. Oh well, no! So, so they there was a video of uh, this guy talking to this Amazon warehouse manager, and in this one warehouse yeah. in Europe, and this happens in all the Amazon warehouses, they were throwing out uh, they were throwing out like a hundred thousand, hundreds of thousands of dollars of worth of merchandise, brand new one, stolen packages. Like that week, right? And he's uh-huh. saying that that happens every week. So in total, like Amazon throws away like tens of million dollars worth of merchandise, brand new merchandise every year because it's cheaper than to just store it. <laughs> and that's why you like it. And they probably get, do they get some kind of like write-off or something? No. Because they like it. No, it literally is cheaper to they don't. throw it away. Than to, than to store warehouse it. it, yeah. And that's why when when Amazon like has those, um, you know, because every time I call Amazon about a, something, they always just give me a new one, like without even asking. Like, <laughs> yeah, no. I I really think that their their profits are so high that, like, they're just throwing merchandises away. <laughs> Like literally, like on the one that I saw, sucks. where they were throwing like out five like brand new, why can't brand they, new TVs in boxes? Why can't they give it? Yeah, no, that's what I said. Like they no, they were just like, but just know, give it away, yeah. set it out on the street, let somebody have it. I guess they don't because then. Oh my gosh, I was trying to find that gal. I guess they don't. I mean, because it was kind of secretive for some reason. I think it actually like. It actually better for their bottom line if they throw it away. Well, so another uh, there there's like a whole like cult of people, not cult, I don't want to call them that, but like a whole group of people that like do this. So there's another girl I follow that um, she like goes to like TJ Maxx, Home Goods, these dumpster divers, retailers, and goes in their trash. And there will be some things that have been like purposely. Um, destroyed and that's so that the company can get like can on their P&L on their bottom line like say oh we had all these damaged goods that we had to throw away um, and the oh, yeah. how does that help like them? broken cups mugs well I mean I would think it would help them from like a profit loss perspective so they could like claim loss. it as as loss yeah or maybe um, if they didn't sell it but she maybe they'll just like destroy the ones that right they didn't it's sell. stuff yeah. that they didn't and then, sell like, ask the manufacturer for yeah like, no that's it they something like that and so she um will go and she will find all this stuff and then like she has a, a whole side hustle where she sells that stuff um so she'll go get it out of their trash and then 
sell it, donate it. Um, I haven't seen those. Her own, her own I've seen ones hustle. where people will go to Amazon or sorry, Walmart, and they'll do a price scan, and they'll yeah. compare it to how much they're going selling on Amazon, and then they'll buy it and sell it. Yeah, yeah. well, that's totally and that's easy to do. Like I've. I've seen tons yeah. of people doing that, but it's like the dumpster dizing where you're paying uh-huh. like nothing other than your time to go get all this new shit and then yeah. sell it. Um, That's just more fun to watch. So, or give mm-hmm. it away. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's great. Like she has all these runs, like you'll see her like in the dumpster and then she'll show you what she found. And um, it's a very entertaining TikTok. <laughs> I will say that. It's so funny how, like um, how selfish people are, right? Like, like, Nobody wants to give anything away, right? How how we are selfish as people, but yeah. we love watching selfless acts, right? So obviously there's something about selflessness that we're drawn to because you know Mr. Beast is the the, the biggest YouTuber on biggest creator on YouTube, right? And the only reason why his channel is so su- successful is because his whole theme is about giving fucking money like like the whole million dollar million dollar make home makeover and all of those kind of things is because we yeah. love to see the face like look on their face when when they receive this yeah. gift that's life-changing and there's something about that we just love so much and that's why mr beast is the number one channel right but we love watching it because none of us actually do it <laughs> <laughs> Very few people. Uh, you, you know yeah. how how great it makes you feel to see that. So why don't you do it? <laughs> like, it's, it just logically makes no sense. You pay money for other people to do that, <laughs> and you'll watch that. <laughs> but you won't. You don't want to just do it for yourself. But you won't do it. <laughs> oh, son! You ask all of these. Very thought-provoking questions. I mean, I I think that's like a. Hey, what was it? It's it's like one of those obvious ones. It I think we all innately know it, but mm-hmm. but it's become a cliche, right? Money doesn't buy happiness. Blah, blah 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 blah. All of that cliches, and what ended up happening is we just ignore it because it's a cliche. Yeah. When you know, like you, you yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wish more people would realize well, that. What? What? Yeah, no. Hey, I was gonna ask you, what was it last week that we like ended on? I tried to remember. Yeah, we, I meant to go. Yeah, we were gonna talk about because we were like, oh, we could have an entire. T- <laughs> we were like, oh, we have an entire episode we could do on that, and now I can't remember. Maybe I have to go back and. We gotta do it next week. Do it for the next one. We got to do that next week. So this is episode like of our 50. What number is this? Number four, Mm -hmm. right? I still need to put up our like, I'm going to get like a huge ass calendar or something to get like the number. Oh, yeah. So you can mark it off. Put it up. (laughs) So mark it off. Um, But yeah, I was trying to remember what we talked about and I can't now. That's so funny because I was just watching it last night. And now I can't remember. <laughs> we were talking about. Okay, I can't go back and watch. So we it. were talking about the whole like 
uh, why we don't, why we ignore our strength, right? Like why we don't, we're like this, but we want to be like this. And then yes, yeah, we started talking about what was after that. That's the problem, son. We can't remember. <laughs> I mean, because that was like already towards the end of the conversation. So that's why. Uh. It was. Yeah, I can't remember. We can go back and look. Or listen. That last one, I. this is why I love editing my video. That last one, I, was, I talked so much. Like, <laughs> I was like, holy shit. What, what's? I, 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 I kept what's like cutting you that? off over and over again. And it's you know why I do that though? Oh. I know like a lot of people think I'm rude for cutting people off. But the reason why I do that is cause cause you know a lot of times I'm like, oh, I just forgot, right? It's because like I feel like if I don't get it out right there, I'm gonna forget. Like it's a fleeting something that you're saying <laughs> triggers something and it's like a fleeting moment mm -hmm. where if I pass, I'm not gonna remember anymore. <laughs> so that's why. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. I don't think you're rude at all. I do the same thing though. Cause like something, I also think our brains work faster than our, obviously mm -hmm. than our mouth. Right. So it, it, it's just like all moving so fast that you've thought of something and like, you're already starting to say it. And maybe there was like a brief pause, but everything's just moving so fast. So I don't think that at all. Um, yeah. I, it's just like a most people conversation. It's not like we're going in here and saying, okay, yeah. Say it this way. Like, I think people are a lot better at being present during conversation than me. Where for me, during most conversations, my brain is going like so fast that, and it, it tries to like retain information. Like, here's what I think I think in most conversations or when people watch a movie or something, I think most people are okay with just catching about 50 to 60% of it. And if they lost like the last 40%, they're okay with that. Like even when you watch a movie, right? Because so many times I watch a movie and she's like, mm -hmm. remember in this movie when they did this and be like, oh, I totally forgot. <laughs> I'm like, that was like such an important part of the story. Yeah. <laughs> like, how can you forget? But like, that's how pe people are. But I'm like, I need to understand 100%, right? Like if I miss a line, I need to go back and rewatch it or something like that. And with conversations like that too. Yeah. So when I when that thought comes up, I try my best to try to retain that information without forgetting. But it's hard because there's something else that we also talked about five minutes ago that I, I need to like book it and close it on. <laughs> and I, I meant to ask you about this. Yeah. So I need to remember. Like, so there's so many information that I'm holding at that same time that sometimes I just, I can't hold it anymore. I just need to let it out, <laughs> which is really bad. <laughs> let it out. What if you... What if you had like pen and paper? I think that's what I need to do. I need to like have a notebook right here. That way I can like, because I'll be thinking of things while you're talking and then I'll forget. Or them. I need to just like write down. For me, I think it's more about, I, I just need to let it go. Okay. It's okay. I, I don't have to talk about that or I don't have, I don't have to get on that mm -hmm. point. Let's just be present and see, go with the where the conversation's going rather than Feeling like I need to close this conversation before moving on another. No, I don't need to. Oh, Let's just move yeah. on to the next conversation. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Because that go. drives me crazy if I'm like, oh, I, sh I know I should have made this point. 
<laughs> that is hilarious. You don't get like that. Oh, no. Okay, yeah. So it's more. Yeah, it's more me. Thing. No, I don't. No, no, no. Not, not in. Um. No, actually, I was gonna say maybe there are situations where it's like that, but it. And maybe those are like isolated, where I have like a uh, distinct amount of time. Then I'm have to make a Mm-mm. point, or there's only going to be one like interaction or something. Yeah, right. There's not going to be another like an interview is a good example, or some type of mm-hmm. negotiation um, situation, or like a, a coaching with an employee, where there's going to be limited interactions. Um, that those are the times that but, you should really let go, though. In my opinion, the most because those are the most crucial like job interview, client sales client meeting, coaching calls like those are like really crucial moments right where you have limited time and you have to make it count. I actually think those are the moments when you should let go the most because those are the pe- moments when people try the hardest, try to do what you're saying the most, mm. and they just fuck it up because yeah. they're not being themselves. They're just like. You know what I mean? They're just so in their head during the whole presentation or the whole meeting instead of just being in the meeting. So. Okay. So I agree. I agree. I think I, what I have to do is I, because in in some of those, like there are points that I want to make. There are three things that I need, that I know I need to cover in that conversation and if I don't have it written down what those three things are, because I am so go with the flow, because I think I let go too much, then I will forget to even talk about the three things. And I'm like, oh, shit, that was my chance. Like, I, I did need to talk about these three things. Um, but that's different. <clears throat> so for me, because, I, because one is yeah, like yeah, a yeah. presentation the, or like, teaching or something like that, where if that is the thing that you're doing. You need to be prepared on your material, obviously. Like if you're a comedian, you need to prepare your jokes. But the thing is, yeah. I'm talking about it in the meeting where like job interview, first date, where it's not really something that you're that needs to be packaged and yeah. organized, right? It's more of an interaction. Yes. In those kind of scenarios, it's better. Even if you're like, okay, I need to make sure in this job interview. I need to touch on this, this, this. It's actually better if the conversation is going this way that you just ignore that <laughs> and just double down on mm-hmm. what, what this guy wants to talk about. Even though you prepare all this yeah. and that'll actually go 10 times better <laughs> outcome-wise. But no, that's I the agree. moment I, when I people... I can see the, the delineation. Those are the moment when you should let go the most. But those are the moments when people hold on the most yeah. because it's it's that the stakes are so high. My first date, I need to impress well, them. Yeah, and, <laughs> and the fear. There's just like so much fear, and I think you get hyper focused on all of these things, these what ifs, these where is this going to go, how is this going to happen, uh, is everything going to work out the way that you want, and you're like gripping to this idea of what should be. And I completely 100% agree with you that it's the moments when we can let go that things come to us that we could have never imagined mm-hmm. coming. Um, 
because I will say in my experience in life, like when I white knuckle or like I'm gripping, that's just how I describe it is like when I am gripping towards an out for an outcome, um, it doesn't it always works. work <laughs> the way that I thought. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm trying to think of a time that it did I actually can't, but I, I can tell you like there that the way that life unfolds, like, like, like this podcast, for example, right. If I was gripping towards some outcome, like, Oh, we're going to have, we're going to make, thousands of dollars a month in sponsors or like these outcomes and I was just gripping towards it, then I would not be able to sit here with you and I just have yeah. a conversation because I would be so fucking focused on this outcome that I don't even know if that's the outcome that I actually want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can like, never control. Uh, I, the world is, um, uh, the reason why like none of those like studies and like research things don't really work is because the only way to really know a study is accurate is if it's something that that's replicable rep, replicable in the exact same environment right but the real world is not like that in real world mm -hmm. there's thousand different <laughs> things going on that affects that outcome so th there's there's no way you can ever like expect like there's no way even Mr. Beast cannot predict what's going to get more viral or not. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's because there's right. just so many factors at play. And the, the sooner you realize that, and when you try to control that thing, that's what I talked about yesterday in my Instagram stories, is, you know... <clears throat> Yeah, I think when you try to control it, I forgot what I was going to say. I lost. It was one of those things I lost. Well, I think it's like not nearly as, um, first of all, it's a miserable experience in my, yeah. from what I've had happen to me. Um, and second is that you just, you can't see what's possible. Like you lose sight of, like your vision becomes so narrow when you get focused on this outcome that you're gripping towards. It is so narrow. Your ability to dream up what could be possible is hindered yeah, yeah, yeah. significantly. And it is when you let go. And I mean, it sounds so fucking cliche. Like I'm hearing myself say this, like just let go. And like the possibility is something you could have never, ever imagined. Well, here's like a, and I'm not even saying, like, it's nothing like big or small either. I'm not saying it has to be this big fucking thing either. Like, I'm not saying there's these big fucking outcomes. Well, here's like a practical like way to say it. Because people just say that, right? Just let go, blah, blah, blah. And that's become a yeah. cliche. But just think about this, right? Um, oh, fuck, I forgot again. Yeah. <laughs> 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 there there is a much simpler way to say it i'm sure um oh uh, yeah but i think if people just like looked back and reflected so a lot of times a lot of creators and marketers do this they'll put out our information and they'll blame the audience mm -hmm. like let's say you know michael would do this and like oh, people are not listening to the, the three principles they just want to hear me talk about inspiration stuff right <laughs> like they're like people are so yeah. stupid. I need to I need to change them. 
I need to change the market. I need to change the world. I, people are so stupid. Uh, people are so stupid. They don't know good music from bad music. I need to make sure they understand good music. People are so stupid. They, they love these stupid movies. They don't love these smart, you know, like Oscar movies. Like they blame the audience, right? So what you're trying to do there, mm-hmm. you, you, you're trying to force, you're trying to force the market to adapt to you. You're trying to force the audience to adapt to you by Posting this good content that in your eyes is good content or marketing this thing like the way you market it, thinking it's, oh, this is what everybody needs. When the market is telling you, no, I don't fucking want that shit. Nobody's buying it. Nobody's following you. Nobody's liking your posts. The world is telling you that. Now, there's two things you can do. You can let go to the world (laughs) and say, okay, I'll just give you what you want. Or you can sit there and try to control it by saying, you guys are stupid. You don't know what, <laughs> like, no, I'm going to continue to make it my way because my way is, or, is the right way. That's delusional. Like, it, mm-hmm. that's not letting go, <laughs> right? But you'd be surprised how many people yes. do that. <laughs> you'd be surprised how many people. <laughs> no, I would not be. <laughs> like, I know a lot of people do that. I have done that. Yeah. I'm sure you've done that. Right? I do it like, all the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so I'll give you like a kind of a real life example. It's like the one, um, man, it's the one that stands out probably because it's one of the most expensive um, that I've experienced, but Michael and I weren't married yet, but the home that we lived in before this house, we were definitely like, we could not let go of this idea of having this house, right? We, we just had to have this house. And man, we were getting like so many signs from the universe that this is not the house that you need to buy. Right. Like, um, a lot of little difficulties along the way that in a normal house buying process, aren't difficulties. And, it was like things in the inspection came up. Then the the owner started to act really like aggressive on small stuff, but we kept overcoming those because we had to have this house. You right? saw the We're red like flags, yeah. White knuckling this house, like we 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 like saw the red flags and we're like, yep, we're gonna go ahead and take those. But then the one red flag that popped up that I still can't believe that we overlooked was we were offered right we had a contract on the house a couple weeks before we were supposed to close we were offered a hundred thousand dollars to not sign the contract and to give it to someone else and we said no because we had to have it and we were so focused on this outcome and that outcome kicked our ass financially, mentally. People do for that five with houses. And it was a great house. It's so weird LA, that, because there's two, two, two types of people buy houses, right? The, the investors who buys like the, the shitty apartment complexes in the Bronx so they can rent it out for profit. And then there are people, real estate investors, who buy their mm-hmm. own house, right? But when it comes to their own house, people are so emotional that they make such illogical mm-hmm. decisions. And this is so meta, but I know a lot of real estate agents, and it's the same thing. A lot of real estate agents try to hold on to the fact that um, 
like the numbers, right? This house, this per square feet, it was built here and all the specs and pricing as well. But the thing is, most buyers don't give a shit about that, right? For, for a lot of buyers, it's very emotional yeah, it's experience. so emotional. Right? And every yeah. house I've ever And 99% of real estate agents don't understand that. And they try to force it like, oh, this this buyer is so stupid. They would it would have been much better if they bought this house. But they, you know, they they try to force it, right? Whereas in there are real estate agents that are more let go <laughs> style. And as soon as they see that about a client, they'll ignore this house, <laughs> and they'll try to sell them this house by by selling on that emotional yeah. attribute, right? That. Even though that person very well knows that that's a bad investment and this is actually a better investment. So there are, but there are real estate agents that are like, no, I have my pride and I, you know, I'm a good real, I have my, uh, I have my, uh, you know, I have my, my reputation to look for. I will not do that to a client. Right. But the fact is the client wants that. They know they're making this stupid decision and that's what they want. (laughs) Right. So, by you doing that, they're just going right. to, they're not going to so, go through you and say, oh, thank you so much for making us see it. They're not going to do that. They're just going to be like, fire you and right. go with someone else. Like the sooner you realize go that, the sooner else, you right. let go and realize that, the better it is for your career. <laughs> 100%. As a real estate, like I can, I completely agree with you. They're not going to remember you because you saved their ass on that real estate investment. Like they're going to remember because you didn't deter them Mm -hmm. from this house that made them they made you yeah so happy right the emotion um just like we started this off with is like the emotion and how much of our decision making is tied to it and our learning and every everything is tied to our emotion um because i don't know i didn't Definitely remember that house very vividly because yeah. it evoked so much emotion. Yeah. yeah, we need to understand. But I guess we yeah we need to understand emotion, and that's emotion is what I think controls the world. And ninety nine percent of us, mm-hmm. we think it's the information, the data, the the logics, but it's actually the emotions. Yeah, and I think that's especially true for creators. <laughs> Like, like your, your vlogs that you've been doing on Instagram, I don't know where else you're doing them, but like, like I texted you and I was like, dude, I love watching this. And there was like nothing phenomenal. Like there wasn't anything I was going to learn from it or whatever, but I loved watching the emotion of the motorcycle Mm -hmm. story and like, oh shit, what did he do? Seeing the love between Mm -hmm. you and Gigi, right? Like. Like, wow, to have a partner like that. And then um, when you guys went to get the chopped cheese, <laughs> same kind of thing. Like, wh- I I mean, I was hooked. And it's not because I, like, love and admire you both. It was because I was just like, oh, man, okay, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Oh, I, I should do- Are they going to be able to find it at the first place? Is it, yeah, is it going to be good? Um What's it going to taste like? Like, are they not going to like it? Are they going to have to look all day? Like, and so I felt like I was on this journey with you guys. Um, That's why vlog works. And a lot of that was like evoking emotion. I mean, people should do that. 
And it wasn't, yeah, but they have to be able to tell the story like you do. But I think that's something that you learn over time. Because like I would say in my life, yeah, I probably made like 20 videos. And that's the result of me making 20 videos, right? Like I become a certain level of a storyteller, right? But the reason why I want to keep doing the vlog is because mm-hmm. if I do it for that, that every day for a year, imagine how how much better I would be. Like, yeah. No, I agree. Like, yeah, if it's already this good, I can't imagine how much better it's gonna get. Like, but it, it but yeah. it's so simple. Um, it's knowing what to show when. And there's nothing. It's knowing what to show yeah. when. And what I think the most important thing that people don't realize is what not to show. Because a lot of people see vlogs and, mm-hmm. and Instagram story as just showing everything that happens in your day. But it's actually about omitting the stuff that's that. Because, like, when you, the beautiful thing about when you watch a TV show where somebody goes through a montage where they're, they're, they train from this six months, going from like skinny to like jacked, and you see that montage, that's six months of hard work in 10 second montage is what makes it amazing that I don't have to wait six months that I can see the before and after right away is what makes it amazing. Right. So you're shooting six months of and showing six months is nothing like it's about omitting. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's knowing what not to show. And like, that's what I, and you know, storytelling is the same uh, thing. Like when I work with clients, they want to tell their whole life story. They want to talk about this time that they were in India. They want to talk about this time when they were, you know, in charity here. They want to talk about this, 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 this is like, right. No, I know you want to show off, (laughs) but I want to, you want to show off your credentials and all of that, but it's about omitting. Well, yeah. Well, and I, I mean, that's what Michael has had to learn a lot of. And it's not because he wants to show off. He is the least, mm-hmm. he is not a show off kind of person. Um, it's realizing what, what, um, what attributes of that story are going to be pertinent to you. And there are things that are like very personal in your story that are pertinent to you. But honing your story to display and to tell people what's going to be pertinent to them where they can see themselves. Um, I think that's part of like what happened from Michael when we started the Ted talk writing. I mean, like those stories were long as shit and he had like a 60 minute talk that had to become 18 minutes. So the constraints were what were so powerful in allowing him to refine it and keep just getting rid of like, what didn't actually matter, what didn't Mm. pertain to the audience. Um, The same thing with like your vlog, like you're, um, you're showing us like the Mm. pertinent details and telling a story Mm. like along the way with like the pertinent things that I can Mm. see myself in. It's called um, killing your darlings. Like a lot of times what YouTubers, they'll shoot these beautiful footage, drone shots and all of these things. And they want to keep it all in like, oh, shit, like I'm so proud of that shot. And they want to keep when when that actually delays the story, yeah. it drags out the story. Right. It, it was completely unnecessary for the story. In those kind of scenarios, you have to kill your darling. Those are your darlings. Right. And a lot of people do that when they write, too. They, they want to include all of it because mm-hmm. like they're just like they're in love with that. And but you have to kill your darlings. You have to 
and that's the hardest part about creating and but it's mm -hmm. it's it's probably the one where most people struggle with absolutely i took like a copper copywriting class and they focused oh, really? on that yeah. like yeah. that was like a whole like section was about how which copywriting class do you actually need those man it was on it was on some like, like learning type. plot yeah it was like on a platform and the guy was like really good he was a journalist journalists um, are really good writers i'll go back and look but i he i mean some of the like just like the tricks and stuff that he was able to share just helped me like simplify and like to say a whole lot more with a lot less um it's also because i think and when most people give a ted talk or they they tell a short story or something like that they they don't realize that they think their goal is to provide as much value as possible like jam-packed value to the audience but what they don't realize mm -hmm. is that your your actual goal is not that your goal is to um have them walk away with just one idea, one light bulb moment. That's it. So, yeah. and the more you add, That's the more it, you're yeah. going against that, right? So to understand that in this talk, my goal is to do this. And then if they want to know more, then there's something else where I can do all of that to actually make a difference, right? But that's not the yeah. time and place for TED Talk. That's not the time and place for a vlog video. That's not, you know what I mean? <laughs> right 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 because then i think it, and that's that has been like the biggest struggle like with michael is because he's like so much further down mm -hmm. the road in what he's teaching obviously because mm -hmm. he's the expert in what he's teaching that and sometimes really you need to, to do get that back right? to that place when he knew i'm nothing. sure when when you he's a sponsor when, when yeah. he works with the, somebody who's it's, it's it's their first week versus somebody who's been there for 10 years the way he talked to this person is going to be different than the way he talked to right. this person, right? But for some reason, people don't realize that, okay, mm -hmm. when you go on a TED stage, this is what you're doing. And when you're, when you write a, you know, when you're on a podcast, this is what you're doing. Or when you write a book, this is what you're doing. There's a difference. Yeah. Right. There's a difference. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's hard. Easier though. said than done. <laughs> it's way easier said than done. Like, why, we have this. Done. I think we we forget how much we know. Yeah, we have. I think most people have this innate need to be heard, especially in today's society where it's like it's so hard to be heard, right? Because there's just so many voices out there, and mm -hmm. it's just killing people. It's just like driving people crazy that because there's just so much advice information available out there that nobody's listening to me anymore. Like my even my own family, my own friends is not paying attention to me, right? Like, and that drives people. The fact that people are, the fact that we're not being hurt, is driving people crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's a whole nother podcast too. Like, why do we? Why do we always end on something that's why, like a whole nother? That's episode, why people man. do two, three hour podcast because about 40 minutes hour in is when things just start to get warmed up 
I know. It's like we need to start talking uh, like before. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> ain't nobody got time for that. You got vlogs to go make. All right. I guess. Oh, shit. It's 1130 almost. Okay. Let's wrap it up here. Great talk. And I'm going to go back. Yeah. Great talk. I'm going to go back and see what we talked about last week. And we'll start next week maybe with that. If we're so inspired. If you want to do that, you're going to have to make it up. You're going to have to make it work. You're going to have to like bring it up. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know. I'm going to go back and look. Cool. I know. I forget everything. I see you next week. Thanks, son. Thank you. So good to see you. You too. Bye.